Electric Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated entirely to sports and only sports. Today, 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 we talk NASCAR. Now here are your hosts, Ty, Amos, and Chris. All right, everyone, welcome into the show today. Glad to have you along. Uh, lots to talk about today, guys. Lots of uh, lots of points to get to, I guess you could say. Um, so I guess we'll try not to spend too much time on anything like we sometimes do, um, but I'm sure we'll go off on something for longer than we should. Uh, as usual with this show, uh, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? Good. Uh, doing good today. Uh, reflecting on a good week of racing. Well, weekend of racing. Uh, Amos, how about you? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good. A little cranky with the weather, but I'm yes. still pretty good. Okay. Cranky in general. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, a little... Uh, Yes. Okay. So we're going to talk about this race. No, I think Amos is actually in a good mood. I don't. I don't know if Chris is. Uh, Amos sweeps the points this week, Woo-hoo! guys. Woo! Yeah. Yes. Uh, I resigned myself. I'm going to get into the the summer part of the season, the meat of the season when it gets hot and greasy on those tracks. Yeah. That's when I'm going to really shine. Oh, okay. That's very that's very descriptive too. Um, <laughs> yes. So we'll be talking about the Martinsville race, obviously, guys. And we'll be talking about Richmond coming up later uh, this weekend. It should be a very interesting race. Hopefully we can get it done on the scheduled days this, this time. Is, yes, this is a <coughs> wish that we do have indeed. Um, well, NASCAR watches the same weather forecast yeah. as the rest of us, right? I mean, yeah, there's I a 10-day so. forecast Sometimes. on the East Coast, right? I don't know. Sometimes I'm starting to wonder about them. <laughs> <laughs> they claim to be the best weatherman in sports, but I'm mm. kind of wondering about mm. that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about that either. Uh, yes, yeah, so we'll get to our picks for Martinsville. Update you guys on that. Obviously, uh, as you just heard, Amos sweeping the points this week, so very good for him. He needed it, too. Um, <laughs> I was just toying with you guys. I'm going to bury you all now. Oh, ah, ah, I, see. Okay. I see. Uh, okay, guys, but we do have some other things to get to. Um, we'll kind of break it up on the news part stuff that we have to talk about. Uh, first off, let's start with uh, <laughs> Jeff Gordon testing positive for COVID. Uh, he was good enough, tested negative when the race come around and everything, uh, but just glad to see that he's okay and everything after that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we haven't had, a, it, it seems like we haven't had a lot of drivers or people within NASCAR really testing positive for COVID. So uh, it's kind of weird to see that. Yeah, I think all through last season and even into this season, it's, it's really been pretty, pretty minimal. You yeah. know, when you consider the positive tests have been pretty minimal. It has, so. and and then very nice to see him back in the booth. Uh, those guys are always entertaining, so like seeing that. Uh, some other news to talk about. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. Sonoma, the racetrack in Sonoma, the road course. Uh, they'll be having a race. Uh, they'll be having race. They'll, yeah, of course they'll be having a race. Uh, they'll be having fans at their race uh, when it goes to Sonoma. So that's a pretty big deal, I think. Uh, obviously because of the state it's in, maybe there's some relaxed restrictions. We're not seeing a lot of fans uh, at tracks to begin with. So uh, very good news there. I'm really shocked to hear this coming out of California, (laughs) given everything that's been going on down there. A little bit. Uh, But it'll be nice to have some fans at Sonoma. Um, So get your tickets, guys. Uh, Another thing to talk about before the race started, guys, uh, Daniel Suarez, crew chief, was uh, ejected from the race. Um, Come with you know i mean it was kind of a mounting thing 
He's had a few violations uh, prior to this one, and then there was what, a ballast problem. Well, this right? this one was big time major. I mm-hmm. mean, what it is is they have jack screws on these trucks or cars where they where the jack goes under the car, uh-huh. and they had actually had some tungsten bolts. Okay, manufactured for their jack screws. Tungsten is way heavier than lead. Lead, mm. of course, is one of the heaviest. Uh, materials other than gold. So anyway, he had replaced all of these jack screws with tungsten, mm. which automatically nice. put a lot of lot of weight low and left, which is where you want it. Give so, you an advantage then. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, it was a huge advantage. And it wasn't a certified part by NASCAR. So I don't know whether they were mad because he came up with the <laughs> idea or they were mad because they hadn't certified it. But at any rate, it was out the door and see you later. Right. So... Uh, Chris, I don't know. I actually didn't see anything about this, but will he be back for next week's race? Or, I haven't heard. Or is this like uh, indefinite? I, I think that the penalties, and and I, I'm remiss on this, but I think the penalties are handed down either on Tuesday or Wednesday hmm. for the coming week, and I didn't hear anything today. Right. Um, but yeah, I actually haven't seen whether he will be coming back. I think he had one of his chief engineers standing in as the crew chief, so uh, yeah, very exciting they, stuff for Suarez. And they didn't do well. <laughs> well, he got lit on fire uh, towards the end of the race. Amos, what do you always say, though, with these types of situations? Uh, if you're not cheating, you're not trying to win. Yeah, okay. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, make him... So obviously, tungsten or a ballast weight and lug nuts, man. That's the big no-nos in NASCAR. Oh, you can do anything else... <laughs> but nat, lug nuts and tungsten and ballast will get you it will suspended for well, multiple races. And make sure the ballast isn't falling out of your car when yeah. you're driving down the road. Yeah, that uh, help that's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's talk about Martinsville. Uh, we'll come back to our other points that we got here uh, at the top of the notes a little later. Uh, but before we get into this, guys, uh, we'll just preface with this. 26 for 26 is dead. Uh, it will no longer happen. No I- possibility. The man over there told you it wasn't yes. going to happen. Amos did call that. I think you said there's a possibility it could continue this week, but uh, not likely. I was all for it, uh, but it's dead. It was a good will it lasted. Yeah, I, I well, I, if I remember correctly, I even called this race to be the end of the, yes, of yes, the streak. Did. So Way to rub it in, yes. Down. <laughs> Which, I mean, come on, 26 race winners, it's not, it's just, it's never going to happen. Well, it's still very much on the table for a potential 16, though, right? Yeah. we. I mean, you and I talked about it a little bit on race day, and we threw some numbers out there, people that still haven't won versus those that have won. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, before the race, I was probably thinking that that's a pretty good possibility, but then I seen how some of these guys run during the race that we said are have not been – race winners yet and i don't know we'll be lucky we get 10 with the way some of these guys are driving yeah well, i mean okay. driving like crazy out there kyle bush brings to mind i mean <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> go on kyle bush no no no, no that's all i had to say i was just oh. you know it was just another race in a long disappointing series of races for me all right so uh, let's talk about it guys uh denny hamlin was out to the early lead Byron, Logano, Truex, Blaney, Elliott were all chasing uh, him down in the early stretch. It seemed like those six cars, too, um, obviously, you know, foreshadowing a little bit here, but those six cars seem to be some of the best cars pretty much all day on the track. I mean, uh, yes, Blaney does finish a little further behind towards the end, 
but uh, would you agree, Chris, those seem to be the best cars pretty much all day? Yeah, I would. I would yeah. agree with that. And quite honestly, I thought uh, Blaney was going to win the race the way he was running Yes, there. he was running great. Yeah. So, so uh, I don't know what happened. It must have been a pit uh, issue or something was, like that. So. Very much. We'll get to that later. Um, Amos, you would also agree with those six, seven guys being some of the best on track? Yeah, I think they were the best on track. I mean, you could even break that group down further. I mean... Logano, Elliott, Byron, they had great cars, but they were more just top five cars than race winning cars. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, obviously, Elliott finished second. You know, maybe if he had a few different things happen in that last run, maybe he could have battled for the lead, but I think his car went away the longer it run. But yeah, I mean, Blaney, Hamlin, Truex were probably your three best cars that were consistently running in the lead fine for the win i think we could also throw like kyle larson and chris bell probably in this group with logano and byron and elliott they were all very much around the top yeah. 10 all day i think uh, larson ran fifth or sixth most of the day yeah i mean he was a top 10 car pretty much all yeah. day finished fifth something like that so yeah. yeah uh he had a good car obviously too uh early on in the race ryan priest was having a great day guys he reached up into the top 10 within the first 25 laps and man i was i was excited to see that really gave me hope you know, for things turning around. Yeah. Didn't work out. Didn't work out in the end. Uh, our first caution comes at lap 37. Yeah, 37. Uh, Rick, where teammates get into each other. I believe it was the number 53. I think I have this written down wrong. And the number 15 uh, getting into each other. And little did we know that we would see many more cautions to come, guys. <laughs> uh, but this was the first one. Uh, we get back to racing. Hamlin is leading uh, after the caution and the pits and everything. Uh, 51 laps in, uh, another caution, Kurt Busch spinning out, had a little help, I think we could say, from a certain car, and uh, halfway through this stage, Hamlin, Blaney, Truex running top three. Um, so we already talked about this a little bit, guys, but like, how early on did, you, did we all realize that it was going to be one of those three, uh, or were we still thinking maybe it'd be someone different at this point? I don't know, maybe 50 laps left, it was coming, it was, gonna, it was becoming pretty apparent it was going to be one of them three. Uh, up until that point, I thought Blaney and Larson and Logano, I thought they all had a chance. In fact, Keselowski was even up there for a while, and then he had an issue. so He got wrecked out. Yeah. Um, okay, so it, it still took you some time to be convinced. Amos, I saw you shake your head. Uh, you knew that these three were probably the strongest. Yeah, I didn't think Truex would be the race winner. I mean, I picked him. I was hoping for a high finish, but I figured it'd come down to Blaney and Hamlin. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just had the best cars all day, so nobody could really battle either one of them once they got into the lead. So, so not too long after, about halfway through this first stage, uh, Blaney did end up taking the lead. We had a pretty long green flag run here. His car got very strong through the uh, longer stretches of the race without cautions, and honestly, his car looked really good, uh, started to pull away, was putting a majority of the field, multiple laps down, or, well, parts of the field, multiple laps down. But I think he was breaking into like the top 20, putting them laps down. Um, he was very impressive in this first stage. He comes across uh, winning the stage uh, in that first one. And then uh, Hendrick all in the top seven, Penske running all in the top nine, and the JGR cars running in the top 11, guys. Uh, Ryan Priest finishing 15th in stage one. And uh, just a quick note here, Stuart Haas had the highest running, their highest running car at the end of stage one was in 20th. So 
Uh, let's talk about stage one a little bit. Uh, what were your guys' thoughts? Uh, Amos, let's start with you. What were your thoughts on Blaney getting this first stage win? It's good that he's running out front. He has to consistently be in the top five to put together multiple race wins. I think he was feeling pretty good. His car obviously was garbage on the restart and then just got <laughs> stronger as the race as it went. It took like the, yeah, 30 laps to come to 30, it. 40 laps, and it was a rocket ship. So yes, um, that's good to see. I mean, obviously, Penske's getting one of the setups right, and then, then the other two cars are kind of, you know, in the seven, eight, nine range trying to get into the top five. So I, I was pretty excited for Blaney, but had the poor guys. We'll see as we go along. Just can't muster <laughs> up three consecutive stages. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, and that's kind of been a trend for pretty much everyone, though. I mean, yeah. it's hard to win every stage of the race uh, right. and, and get to that checkered flag. Uh, Chris, we've been talking about this a lot. Uh, you, the most out of the three of us, uh, Stuart Haas ends this first stage with their highest car sitting in 20th. Uh, what were the struggles early on for Stuart Haas? Uh, once again, they brought cars to the track that just didn't have it. Yeah. They just flat weren't there. And the and the one that amazed me was Kevin Harvick. He actually you know got up into the top 10 and ran in the top 10 early on in the race, and then yeah. it just all went away. Uh, it was really never there to begin with, though, honestly, no, right? Not, like, not really. Not uh, Chris, do you think they're bringing cars to the tracks just not prepared and then having to make adjustments during the race and the adjustments aren't working out on track and when they finally figure it out, it's too late? Uh, like, what what is the problem there? Boy, you know, if I had the answer to that, I'll bet I'd get a lot of money from Stuart Haas Racing <laughs> okay. right now. that's fair enough. I mean, these are guys that are smart guys. They've been, you know, and, and that's across the organization. Mm -hmm. You know, for the life of me, I just can't figure out what the heck is going on? I can't either. It's very strange. Obviously, uh, like Chris said, Harvick does get better as the race continues, but it seems like uh, Amos, like, they just miss the mark when they get to the track. Yeah, I don't think they're preparing the car at the shop and unloading the way it needs to be for the race. Now, maybe they set their car up differently based on the fact that it was supposed to be a Saturday night race, different temperatures, yeah, yeah. different track conditions. And it obviously helped Kevin Harvick as the race went on later into the day with all the cautions we had and stuff. So, I mean, obviously they can get Harvick's car in race adjustments and get him competitive for top 10 finishes as the race goes on. But it, to me, I mean, I'm not a rocket science. I'm not an engineer. I'm not in the team shop. <laughs> But to me, they're not bringing the cars to the racetrack quite where they the setup where they need to be to be competitive from right. the start. So right. obviously they're missing whether it's their notes from last year and it's changed just a little bit would be my guess, like the track conditions and odds and ends. So they're just missing it just a little bit, I feel like, in their shop setup coming to the track. Right. Uh, and, you know, I, it just seems like they're getting off to a poor start all these other all these other teams are in front of them and then when they finally get something figured out or the car starts coming to w one of their drivers it's just too late i mean at the end of this first stage rcr was running in front of them the uh, both the roush cars i think maybe both the chip ganassi cars I, I don't know if Jastain was uh but both the jtg cars like 
all these even smaller teams below them, like right behind them in this pecking order, are beating them on the track, and it's very weird to see. So, uh, all right, so we pick up in stage two, guys. Uh, Elliot losing multiple spots off of pit road. Uh, his team continues to struggle in that department. Blaney holds first, but Hamlin takes the lead uh, on the restart. About 30 laps in, uh, Blaney is catching him. Truex is uh, in third. It's kind of a consistent thing that we're seeing all all day. Uh, Kyle Busch is racing pretty good. Um, <laughs> I put in Wallace was making trouble on the track. Man, he's bumping into a lot of people. There's a lot of bumping on this track, uh, like we expected, but uh, <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, you'd see guys get hit from in the in the left rear, so they'd start going up the racetrack, and then somebody they'd hit somebody in the outside lane that would bring them and correct them back into where they uh-huh. were supposed to be, or vice yeah. versa. So that's why kind we're of getting, a pinball machine. That's why we're getting so many cautions. Uh, Austin Dillon seemed to be racing really well at this point. Uh, he had a good car most of the day, uh, you know, top 15, top 10 type of car. Uh, Logano, it's just a trend with Penske. His car started to go away while the other twos were pretty strong still. Uh, 40 laps into this second stage, Ryan Priest is in the uh, pits with a problem. And, you know, up to that point, guys, he was having a great race. Still finished decent, uh, but that problem kind of messed up his day. Yeah, so, it did. But he was having a great race. I mean, up to that point, it was it was well, very was fun. doing way better than he had been. Mm-hmm, I agree. So 45 in to the second stage, uh, like magic almost, this magic number, uh, about 40, like we were saying. Uh, Blaney regains the lead from Hamlin, and uh, we look good in this stage two. It seems to be that uh, Blaney's out in front leading. We're on a nice green flag run here. Uh, Reddick has moved his way up into into 12th. Bowman at this point is looking very strong as well. Those Hendrick cards, guys, I mean, oh, obviously they figured it out on that track. Uh, they Pretty much all four of them ran consistently in the top 10 until Bowman went out with an accident. Uh, were you impressed with this uh, performance by Hendrick, Chris? Well, I believe I picked Hendrick to be the best overall average finisher for the team. And yes, okay. <laughs> yes, I was very excited because <laughs> I was thinking, oh, I got this one in the bag, you know. Very true. But, uh, yeah, it didn't turn out that way. All right. Uh, yeah, so Hendrick was good. Uh, but this is where we start getting problems, guys. This is where we start just having a bunch of wrecks, and it was very tough. Um, so 240 in to the overall race. Uh, Cody Ware cuts a tire. Blaney holds the holds the lead out of the pits, and then the cautions start building up at this point. Ten to go in the stage. Another caution is out after DeBetadetto and Newman make contact with each other. Uh, Blaney goes on to win stage two. Hamlin, uh, you know, I don't know what his beef is with Truex, but he's trying to wreck Truex as they're fighting for second and third down to the end of stage two. Uh, Dylan Austin Dillon looked really good at the end of this stage. Obviously, once again, all the Hendrick cars finishing really well. And uh, Kislowski was uh, hanging around. Uh, and Amarola actually fended, ended up finishing 11th in the stage. So any more thoughts on stage two, guys? I mean, Blaney once again coming in on a longer run and, and getting the win here. Well, I mean, I, I, I was optimistic for Amarola because it looked to me like maybe one of the other Stuart Haas cars was actually having some shining moments in this mm, race yes. besides Kevin Harvick. So I was optimistic at that point in time. Yeah. Anything from you, Emmis? Uh, no, I think during the second stage, I mean, Blaney had him covered in the long runs. Hamlin had him covered in the restarts. Pretty much uh, 
that point of the race is probably when you should have got your naps. So yeah, a little bit if you were looking for it. But yeah, I mean it was some good racing. So all right, so we start the last stage of the race. Uh, Ten cars don't pit, uh, but it didn't take long for the rest of the field to catch up and and overtake and everything. Um, and this is when everything really starts to fall apart, guys. Uh, Two seventy seven in caution. Two ninety in caution. Um, let's see. 322 uh, in. Another caution. Uh, so we got about 20 laps in there or so, and then we, we hit another caution. Uh, then we get a caution 170 to go, 160 to go, 151 to go. <laughs> um, uh, Bowman, he has a tire problem with about 150 to go as well. Uh, he ends up coming in and fixing that, and then... His day shortly ended in in the next few cautions, uh, but once again we have a caution at one thirty. Uh, at this point, man, I think everyone is very kind of fed up with the cautions, and they start raising like maniacs right here. Uh, I they I don't know what they were doing, but we couldn't even get through a couple laps on these restarts, and they were wrecking each other. But it still wasn't over because at lap one fifteen, uh, no one fifteen to go, we have a big wreck. Kyle Busch, Chris Buescher. <laughs> I mean, what were they doing? They make contact going into the first turn, and then coming out of the second turn, I think that Busher pushed him, pushed back into him, and then it piles up a big bunch of cars behind him. Bowman, Suarez, Kislowski, uh, Haley, Priest, all out of the race at that point. Jones, Custer, Alfredo, Kyle Busch, Michael McDowell, Matt Benedetto involved in the wreck. Uh, Suarez is throwing his gloves. He's on fire. I think Priest was on fire. Half the cars looked like they were went through a derby that were in that wreck. Uh, Chris, what what did you make of that wreck? This this was kind of when the wreck started to die down, though. Well, what blows my mind is how much damage these cars took. I mean, this was super speedway damage. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. You it, know, these cars are carnage. only these cars are only running 130 miles an hour, and it looked like they'd been upside down and backwards at yeah. 220. You it know, was crazy. So yeah, these cars were flat wasted. Loved for the it. Most part. Uh, it was it was very. Unique crash for a small type of track. Uh, Amos, what did you make of the of the contact between Busher and uh, Bush? I mean, some mommy, people... Mommy, he touched me, and <laughs> Mommy, he won't leave me alone. I mean, it was literally a childish tit-for-tat that yes. caused millions of dollars of damage. <laughs> I feel like NASCAR should throw a rule out there that whoever, if it's a stupid tit-for-tat caution like that... Yeah. Kyle Bush and Chris Busher, they get the bills for the repairs on all the cars. <laughs> I mean, you can understand incidents <laughs> on the track, blown tire, you know, odds and ends. I get it. But that was just literally Kyle Bush knew well, he had yeah. to make up some time. He got in a little heavy, got into Busher, and then Busher was like, Oh, he's being mean to me. So then he comes down <laughs> on Kyle and then all hell breaks loose after. It was, so uh, it, was very... it was entertaining caution. Yes. And and like if we're gonna have a caution, let's wad some cars up. Sure. Let's see some fire well, break out, some hot dogs and some chips, but and through few fists. But I'm just like, why? Why well, did it have to happen? That well, was so silly. my mind is is these guys are only going like coming out of turn two. They're only going about ninety miles an hour. Right out of yeah. the exit. And mm -hmm. and what amazed me was is they're driving into it like they're you know it's like 
did the spotters all take a break? Uh, you know, have. did nobody say, "Hey, wreck ahead well, of you"? Well, <laughs> well, there was. I no loved one. it. Uh, Keslowski. They interviewed him after the wreck, and he was like, "Well, I got stopped in time, and then someone smashes smashes into the back of me, and then obviously my car was just done by then." And I'm like. That's kind of true because you yeah. watch the replay. Yeah. He stopped. He was good. Yeah, and he's probably like, "Oh, missed that big one," and then, and then boom, it's whammo. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, okay. Uh, I'm glad we're all kind of on the same page there. I saw some people on uh, social media being like, "Well, that was just racing." I'm like, "That's not just no, racing. that was wrecking." <laughs> yeah, that was wrecking. That was well, wrecking. yeah, it was wrecking, but it was, and it wasn't even racing that caused the caution. I mean, I don't know. Kyle Busch was. Getting his car to the point where he could make some noise in the top. Yeah, end. yeah. And I understand at that point everybody kind of had a sense of urgency to to make up as much ground as they could on the restarts. But you can't just run people over. Oh, it was to, too much to get ahead of where you want to be. And in a short track, this many cautions, tempers are building by the end of the race. They've been going at it for 385 laps. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and we just have like too much. We have 12 cautions in the span of. 100 laps, and I think everyone was frustrated. Uh, everyone loved Suarez throwing his gloves at, at Byron. That was awesome. I loved that. <laughs> well, Suarez well. had no business. Like, I don't know why he's mad because he got caught up in that wreck. Mm-hmm. But, but he was holding Byron up. I mean, yeah. they made a poor choice to stay right. out and not get tires. So what do you expect? You can't hold the leaders up like that, that and then whole, uh, ex- not expect to get punted into the wall. That whole reaction from him kind of came from, what, like maybe 10, 15 laps before when they were going into turn one, and Byron kind of yeah, he nudged him out of the way. I mean, he pushed his, no, he, he pushed him he right spun over. spun him out. Uh, he didn't spin him out. I no, mean, he whatever. pushed him right out of the way. And I understand where Suarez is coming from, but at the same time, you know, you are slow. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I love it, man. They're they're fighting in Xfinity every single week, and then they're throwing gloves. I mean, I wanted a helmet to be thrown. Like, come on, guys, <laughs> let me down over here. Yeah, somebody water Somebody bottle. run out there and do a Bow Duke slide across the hood during the red flag. Oh, they flag. were they were throwing beer cans at Truex after he won when he was spinning out. That was <laughs> like, were they happy? Tempers, that, I, I didn't don't know. See that were know. they yeah. happy for him or upset? I don't know. Throwing some beer at him? I don't know if that's a happy thing or not. I don't know. I don't think that's uh, a good thing. Hey, but tempers were flaring, man. It was it was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, we did get the red flag for that. And then I think everyone kind of talked to their crew chief and was like, hey, calm down, guys. Like, we've had literally 10 wrecks in the last 100 laps. We can't continue to race like this. And uh, once we get restarted with around 110 to go or so, um, things calmed down and we went green for a majority of this last little bit uh hamlin settled into a lead on the restart as we would expect uh about 80 to go blaney starts making his move i mean it was just so weird it was like clockwork blaney's car around the same time just got good and then was all over hamlin and then before too long he he had the lead uh with 60 to go like at that 40 mark once again 40 laps in blaney's got the lead chris could you believe how like just uh, i don't know like habitual this car was over the run like it was weird yeah i mean a lot of these guys they make adjustments on their cars they they adjust them to be sprint cars for for all you know intense purposes you know 20 30 lap cars they're really good some guys adjust them for long runs you know where after 30 or 40 laps the car comes in and then they're just absolute speed demons till the next you know green or yellow flag or whatever mm-hmm. you know and I think Blaney just hit on a setup that made his car excellent in the long run, and Hamlin's 
Not so much. Right. It, it, very strange how that works. I mean, we're running similar cars, you know, engines, manufacturers even sometimes, and there's still like just some cars that are just better. It's it's always intriguing to me. Uh, so we settle into about 50, 55 laps of green flag racing. I think Hamlin and Blaney at this point are battling pretty hard. Truex is kind of behind them, just... I think he's waiting for someone to make a mistake uh obviously harvick got much better as the sun got lower um and he started creeping up in the top 10 uh but 49 to go we get our last caution briscoe cut one of his tires uh a big win on the stop for truex as, as he's now out in front and this is where blaney's day pretty much ends uh he gets a penalty on track or on, on pit road he's dragging the air gun out of the pit box and i'm like ah crap he took that the sucks. air gun the hose then he uh, almost took the guy with him man He's well, yeah like, well and let's just go <laughs> they they run those uh air guns off of nitrogen oh that's nice you know and so he took the air gun the hose <laughs> the nitrogen tank and the guy very nice uh, right out of the pits with him yes yeah, so he had to start at the back of the leaders i believe so he ended up sitting there like 20th yeah and it was disappointing because we restart with like 42 to go and i'm like if he is up in the front still he, this is right in his wheelhouse to catch the leader whoever it was going to be and win the race right and then we saw the roles change right hamlin got off to a good restart here truex now becomes blaney elliot now becomes truex and the roles are just switched around a little bit um and as we start start on the restart uh Truex slowly starts to catch hamlin takes a couple laps but uh Truex catches him with about 15 to go somewhere right around there uh elliot starts working on hamlin byron has quietly moved back up into the top five at four uh reddick is running in the top 10 he had a great day i thought very underrated day from him uh considering he had to start in the back because of some violations so he was racing great at this point uh, five to go. Elliott takes over second place, and Truex coasts in to, to win his second race of the year. Uh, I believe now the third. He's three of the last four wins at Martinsville. Is that correct? That's correct. So, yes, very impressive run from him towards the end. A great burnout. I saw people saying this is one of the best burnouts they've ever seen. I mean, I mean it was a pretty fun burnout. Uh, Elliot, what, what's interesting about that uh, burnout is his crew chief was yelling at him the whole time, save the motor, we've nah. got to reuse it. Nah, not after. And it was like, nah, I'm going to melt this one down. Thanks anyway. Not after anyway. a fun run like that. <laughs> uh, so, yes, Truex wins the race, Elliott in second, Hamlin third, once again, uh, Byron fourth, Logano comes to the line fifth, Larson, Bell, Reddick, Harvick, and Kyle Busch sticks around into the top ten. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good top ten list, guys. A very competitive race. From, like we've said, about six, seven cars most of the day. It was come down to the th real three that were uh, in the front the whole time. Obviously, Byron didn't get helped out with his pen. Uh, excuse me, Blaney didn't get helped out with his penalty. Uh, yeah, so give us the thoughts on the race, Chris. We're going we're gonna to take a break and kind of finish the recap on the other side here. Uh, but what, what were your thoughts at the end of the race here? Uh, what was your big takeaways, I guess? My big takeaway was is Kyle Busch apparently got his problems sorted out finally and actually had a top 10 finish yeah i mean even though he was involved in that accident he still raced pretty good towards the end and he had a good car i mean really if it wasn't for the accident he might have even finished higher so yeah possibly so and i think you gotta hand it to reddick i do too yeah you know i mean the guy got a you know night what eighth place seventh eighth place eighth, eighth place, place finish 
And, you know, that's super for RCR. I mean, the guy's got potential. They just got to get it figured out. I like, think. Like everybody else, but they got to right. get it figured out. He's going to win a race at some point this year. I think it's just inevitable. Uh, Amos, any thoughts before we go to break on Martinsville? We're going to come back, wrap it up kind of towards the end. Got some questions to answer here. Uh, but obviously your guy gets the win. Yes. Well, your your pick, I guess. My pick gets the win. My guy finishes second. Would have been awesome if it was reversed, but I'll take <laughs> right, it. Right, right. I was surprised at the amount of cautions that they had in such a short amount of time. I mean, I know it's short track <laughs> racing, but, yeah. and you're going to have that, but not to that degree. I just, I don't know... I mean, I mean, obviously, there's some things that you're that are unavoidable, but sure, boy, that was painful there for a hundred laps where they just the Bristol dirt race had oh. less cautions than this race. I mean, yeah, I mean, we were on dirt. Uh. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, overall, I think it was a pretty fun race. I think yes, NASCAR probably wishes that could have happened on Saturday night, their original time slot, but I think they've done well with what they had on Sunday. So. Yeah, it was a pretty good race. All right, cool. So we're going to come back, wrap up this Martinsville talk, guys, and we're going to ask some questions here, you know, just kind of do a whole wrap-up. Uh, we're going to talk about Richmond and a few other things to talk about, including a lot of talk about the next-gen car and what it's going to could potentially mean for some teams and everything. So uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about all those things. Uh, yeah, stay tuned. Great. Okay. Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Good to have you guys on the show today. We're going to finish wrapping up Martinsville and look ahead to Richmond. Uh, but in the meantime, we've got some questions to answer. Uh, obviously, we got more to get to towards the end of the show, play our game. I know Amos is very excited about that. <laughs> Amos, we're, we're going to be going back a little ways, so I hope you studied a lot. Yeah, I'm um, looking. <laughs> but before we get into mm. all the rest of this, guys, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Email us. The email is electricsportstalk at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with us, ask us questions, uh, have us talk about anything that we're missing or you want to hear us talk about, love to hear from you guys. Once again, the email is electricsportstalk at gmail.com. I have a question. Yes. Do you check the emails? I check them like every other week. So probably not <laughs> as often as I should. But that shouldn't discourage you from emailing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, uh, so uh, like we said at the start, the different race winner streak now ends. Uh, Amos gets some much-needed points. We'll update you guys on the picks right now. Uh, Amos picked Martin Truex Jr. That was indeed the winner of the race. Chris, you had Kyle Larson. That was a decent guess, and I had Denny Hamlin. That was probably a better guess, but it didn't work out for either of us in the end. Uh, but yes, Amos, you do get the point there. We had our second pick was for the best average finish by team. I went with Roush Fenway. They kind of let me down. Ended up in 16th for average. Let's see, Chris, you went with Hendrick. You got an 11.25 average. Bowman reckon out definitely didn't help you. Nope. And I'd have our, done better. Our winner for the double points, Joe Gibbs Racing, was Amos's pick. 5.25 average finish. Yes. I knew it. That's why I made the pick. So. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. You knew it. Okay. Good Lord. First, third, seventh, and tenth. Yeah, all in the top wow. ten. Wow. All in the top ten. So good pick from Amos. The standings now sit at six for me, four for Chris, and four for Amos. Nice. Cool. Very good. He's caught you. I know. 
Oh, you this, will, this will not stand. Okay, we'll see. Uh, all right, guys. So let's let's talk a little bit more about Martinsville to wrap it up here. Um, obviously, the streak comes to an end, like we've talked about. We now have a consecutive, well, not a consecutive, another winner that's already won a race, uh, win at Martinsville. So uh, what does that mean for Martin Truex? Well, he's the odds-on leader going into the chase right now. No, that's that's a positive. Okay. You know, so yeah. It might be his year. I think maybe there were some crew chief issues last year because his yeah. longtime crew chief had left. Now they're starting to gel, and apparently they're communicating very well. Okay. Uh, Amos, what do you think that means for Truex to get the be the first winner to have multiple wins? I don't know if it really matters that he's the first race winner with multiple wins. I just think that now with all the talk of – 26 winners in 26 different races or possibly 15 to 16 race winners and a possible winner not making the chase because of that takes all the pressure off from Martin Truex Jr. There's guys that have won a race thus far that are 95% chance of not getting a second race win. So I think that gives him the opportunity, affords him a few mulligans maybe through the summer. But I think it also gives that race team an opportunity to expand their repertoire and, and kind of try some things they maybe normally wouldn't on certain tracks, try to start preparing for tracks that are coming up now that will be in the chase. And if they don't get a necessarily great finish out of it, they kind of have some data on what they need to or what they can't do. I don't know if it – and it seems like to me once you have a pretty good feeling that you're in the race – you just kind of cruise after that. I don't think they try and go yeah. for a bunch of wins unless they just hit a setup right dead on. So I think they're, they are feeling very good, obviously, for the race win, but I think it sets them up very well to do well in the chase. All right, so this this uh, is kind of a setup question then from what you just kind of played off of there. Uh, can tricks get hot over this next stretch of runs? I mean, there's some pretty – I feel like there's some favorable tracks coming up for him. Uh, obviously, next week he's won. Going back the last couple of races, he's won multiple races uh, at Richmond. So, you know, how hot do you think he can get over this next stretch of runs? Obviously, Talladega. You know, I, I don't know about that one, but uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think. I mean, he's definitely should be in the talk in Richmond. Talladega, probably not. I don't know that he'll get super crazy there. Um, I think he does okay. I mean, he's a pretty decent mile-and-a-half track, so any of the mile-and-a-half tracks he'll be all right at. Darlington, I'm sure he's looking forward to Dover, kind of a track close to his home, where, you know, his home state. So I think he's – and I think he's done well at Dover in the past. So, yeah, there's some some races through there, the next five, that he could definitely pick up some wins. I But I really – I mean, if they're there, he's going to take them, but – I my feeling is Martin Truex Jr. is not that type of a driver. He doesn't. I don't see him winning back to back multiple races. He's not really done that in his career. He's just a solid racer. Takes the wins when he can. So I mean, I'm not saying he can't, but I just don't saying he's going to hit a hot streak. I don't think it's going to happen. All right, uh, Chris, would you agree? Hot streak unlikely for Truex. Yeah, I think it's too early in the season for a hot streak driver. Okay. You know, like I said earlier, we got to get more into the meat of the season when it gets hot and greasy. And <laughs> okay, you know, this is when the experienced drivers are going to really 
rise to the top, so to speak. So if it wasn't for the penalty, Chris, does Blaney win this race? Is he our now our uh, con, you know first driver with multiple wins on the season? Mm, no, because I think I think Truex's car, I think Elliott's car, Hamlin's car, I think they were all stout enough that they probably could have kept Blaney from a win, even if he hadn't gotten the penalty. All right, would you agree with that, Amos? You think you think the other cars hold him off there? I think the way that the cost the time frame in which the caution hit benefited Blaney. I agree with Chris. I think in an aspect of Truex and Hamlin might have been a little tougher towards the end of the race, maybe not given positions quite as easily. But we've seen all ra- race long, 40 to 50 right in there, his car just turns into a rocket ship, and that's about what we restarted yeah, at. Could've. So, I mean, I think that caution gave him a better chance. Yeah. But, I, you know, obviously that's gone away. But, yeah, I think he would have had a real good chance based on how the caution fell. All right, so all in all, who actually had the best car? Like, there were multiple good cars. I don't know if I would even say Truex had the best car on the day, uh, even though he won the race. Uh, so what, what do you think about that question? I mean, it's hard to kind of nail down because there were a lot of good cars. But, Amos, who had the best car on the day? Well, I think probably in general the best car is the race winner in Truex Jr. Okay. I don't like Hamlin had a good car. He led a bunch of laps, but that's because he had a fast car. He could get some distance at the restarts, and it just took the rest of the field some time to catch up to him. His car, in my opinion, with the amount of green flag laps that we did have through the second stage and odds and ends, probably hurt him not being able to get the adjustments he needed to stretch that short s- speed out mm-hmm. off the restarts. And then obviously that bunch of cautions didn't help anybody because you couldn't pit. You couldn't do anything <laughs> yeah. with it. So you really didn't know whether the adjustment you made at the end of the stage two was worth it or not. So Well, it helped the guys that didn't pit at the end of stage two. Sure. Because a lot of them stuck around in that top ten yeah. forever. Yeah, it kind of changed the and dynamic eventually, of the race it kind of caused that big wreck with Busher because he was up there in the top 10 and Suarez and everything. So, yeah, I mean, right. I agree. very interesting. Um, but I think probably just as an overall race car in general, Truex Jr. probably had the most. Because once he did restart behind Hamlin on that last restart, yeah. he stayed with him. He Hamlin didn't get a big lead like he would have on Blaney. Like, Truex was right there pretty much the whole time just waiting for his opportunity, so... Would you agree with that, Chris? Best car is a subjective uh, interpretation. Yeah. The winner obviously had a good enough car to win, so therefore he had the best car. Mm-hmm. But because you rarely see the best car finish in 39th, if you follow sometimes, what I'm saying. But sometimes you don't even see the best car win the race at the end of the day, right? That's so, true, but it's pretty rare. Right. And. You know, I think the thing that amazes me, I can say after the series of races that we've been through, is the way that these cars come and go during the race. Yeah. I I, I don't know that I've ever seen it that drastic in NASCAR, the way that these cars will come in and fall off all through the race. Like Logano? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he was... He had a very inconsistent or car. Thoughts. Take your pick. I mean, Keselowski. Keselowski. Well, it didn't help that Keselowski got wrecked out. Uh, Byron's car was very inconsistent, even though he ended up finishing 
in the top five. Yeah, Bowman's car ran Bowman's well, car but then good. had its issues. Harvick was very inconsistent. Yes, I, I see what you're getting at here, um, and I would agree. So, uh, how many? What's the realistic number we're going to set now that we've had a the the uh, a repeat winner? What's the realistic number we're going to set for how many race winners we can actually see? I think thirteen to sixteen is going to be the magic number. What what? Okay, give me a solid. Give me one solid 13. number. Thirteen. Yeah. So you're going right on the average. Yeah, I'm okay. going right on the average. And that is the average for since the chase, the playoff chase thing started, right? Yeah. So, uh, Amos, what do you got? I'll I'll take the under on Chris and say twelve. Oh, so you're actually gonna go with less? Yeah. I mean, I just after, like I said, after watching Martinsville. And I know it's Martinsville, but there were just some big players in that race that just couldn't get it together enough to even get in the top 10 consistently. Okay. It took him 500 laps to <laughs> crack the top 10. And I get it. You're not going to run top five every race every year. There's stronger tracks that suit you and odds and ends. But there's just some of these guys that are multi-race winners in the past that are just struggling to get a top 15. So I... Just, um, I mean, I know we got, what, seven different race winners? Sure. So that yeah. gives us five, Chris, six. Yeah, I just don't, I don't know. I I think the oddity this year of continuing no practice, no qualifying odds and ends, I think it's hurting these guys more than it did last year. Yeah, so. I agree with that. Okay, so we got seven right now. Here's, here's the rest of the guys that I think will get wins at some point in the season. So we'll count them off. So seven is where we're at. Got Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, Kyle Busch, Austin Dillon, I think will get a win at some point. Bowman, it's a matter of time before he wins. Same with Reddick. So I got seven just right there. So I, 14. And I think Kurt Busch can get a win. Stenhouse might be able to get a win somewhere. Uh, so I'm actually going to take the over 13, and I'm thinking more 14 or 15 at this point. Okay. Well, write it down. Because I think there's a lot of different tracks that we're going to come up onto and especially with the road courses that's going to make it really unique and challenging and i think it'll cause enough like uh but but the problem is is guys that have already run or one run one they shine on road courses martin truex is not a shabby road course driver mm -hmm. but there's there's guys like chase elliott or uh kurt bush that are good road course drivers this that, is true that haven't got a win yet either or so. kyle bush I mean, I think there's enough guys that can win that will eventually win in my mind right now. And my opinion might change over the next, you know, seven races because we're only seven in. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think – or, excuse me, eight in. So, you know, I, I that's kind of what I'm thinking. Maybe 15, 14. So you're setting the line at 13, Chris. I'm taking over. Amos is going to take under. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a very interesting conversation there. So, I mean, honestly, and I'd, I'd like to see as many race winners as possible, you know. Uh, I think it's going to make it more intriguing going into the chase if we have, say, 15 winners, then there's only one spot on the line that is up for just points, only points. So uh, I, th I want to see that. So, Amos, let me ask you a question. I basically said that if Stuart Haas hasn't got their ship turned around by Charlotte, so Memorial Day weekend, mm. you're still going with that on the over and under on that? For 12? Well, yeah, because if, if Harvick doesn't – I mean, Harvick's one of them that doesn't yeah, have gonna, a win. He's going to win. So if – That's seven races, basically. Yeah, so if they're not doing 
Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like Harvick won nine races last year, so we he him and Hamlin dominated, and we still I just counted we still had 14 race winners, so we're right there in the average. But the point that I'm making is, guys that should be winning are sucking it up. So if you're well, not if you're not running, yeah, I know he's in the points and stuff. But that's because he's getting top ten finishes. Well, okay, but if you're not running top five finishes, you're not leading laps, you're not competing for wins. Your your chances of lucking into one diminish greatly, in my opinion. So guys like Ryan Blaney, Danny Hamlin, Joey Logano that are running up front, top five finishes consistently, there they're going to be the guys that's going to get the multi race wins. So I just I don't know. I just don't. I think we've seen enough anomalies so far that it's still only a matter of time before we see more. I mean, right. And the fact that I don't think any, <clears throat> I mean, sure there could be maybe two or three guys that have five plus wins, but I, I, I just don't know if that'll happen. Uh, the fact that I don't think anyone's really going to dominate this year, like we saw last year with Harvick and Hamlin, I think that's going to open the door up to more guys getting at least one race win. Well, and what's and interesting- maybe we'll even see more guys just get two or three, and we'll just have a big group of two or three race winners instead of last year how we saw like nine and seven and then all the way down to like three to the next to the third place guy. So well, what's interesting too is as much as they dominated yeah. through the season last season, they didn't end up being the ultimate champion. Sure. So- and, you know, the chase makes it unique because – even at the end of the day, if you were the best car all season, you might not even win uh, the championship. So, and right. and you know, Elliott was good last year, not taking anything away from him, but Harvick was the best driver sure. for a majority of the year. Yeah, so, that's true. yeah, well, I mean, I'll you know, we can look through this is something we can debate every week, week in, week out. Uh-huh. There's no doubt about it. But I mean, honestly, Cole Custer's win last year. Was that was an anomaly. Yeah. You could take him out of the equation. That takes you down to 13 race winners. Kyle Busch, he gets a win, should be winning more, but... But do you really, he, he count, just come do you out. really count his win? But see, that's what I'm saying. So you take Kyle Busch out, yeah. that takes you down to 12 race winners. Um, Kurt Busch, he gets a race win. They're all solid winners. They won the race. Their name's on the record book. But Kurt Busch gets one win. It's not like them guys were in every, you know, multiple races through the year, knocking up the town top five. So yeah. that's, that is my reason for saying under 13. All that's right. all. all right. Now, if there's more than 12, I ain't going to be upset because I like to see multiple race winners. But I just, well, the I way mean, this season's trending, that's kind of how I see it. And if you notice, when I listed off the guys that I think can still win races or will win a race, I only said one Stuart Haas car. And my attitude on them has changed a lot over these eight races. Because at the start of the year, I was thinking maybe they could average. Well, I think I picked them to win the most races as a team as a whole. And I think I was saying they could hit over 10 as a team. I think they're going to be lucky to get three as a team at this point. Yeah, so, it's kind of looking that way. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. All right, guys. So we do have to move on from this. Um, let's talk about winners and losers for Martinsville. Um, uh, let's have Amos go first on this one. Usually it's Chris, but we're going to change up. Amos, give us your winners and losers for Martinsville. Well, I mean, obviously the winner's got to be Martin Truex Jr. and then the Joe Gibbs Racing Organization. Solid weekend. They've got some good tracks coming up for the organization and Truex Jr., so 
they've got to be very excited and feeling good about moving on into the Memorial Day races. All right. Uh, Amos, or not Amos, sorry. Chris, your winners and losers. Oh, uh, you didn't really say a loser. Oh, we're going to do a loser right now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Um, or do you want to think about it? Yeah, i got to think about that Kay. for just a second. Chris, your winners from uh, Martinsville. Well, I have to agree with Amos. Joe Gibbs Racing was a, a winner, obviously. Yeah. Every car in the top ten. But over and above that, I think Hendrick Motorsports has got nothing to hang their head about either. Uh, and that's coming from somebody that's just absolutely not a Hendrick fan. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> you know. Uh, once again, big loser is, other than Kevin Harvick, Stuart Haas Racing. It's just not working out, you know. All right. So I agree with all of you that, or all of you, both of you. There's not met many of us in here. Uh, I agree with both of you that Joe Gibbs had a good week. But my winner is actually going to be a little different. I'm going to go with RCR. Uh, they had a really quietly very good weekend. So top average team finish was 5.25 by Joe Gibbs. And then Stuart Haas, uh, excuse me, and then RCR was at 11 for an average. And Hendrick was 11.25. Now, I know those numbers are a little worse for Hendrick because Bowman got wrecked and everything. But RCR on the weekend had the second best average finish for their two cars. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, Reddick raced really good. Dylan was pretty good. Uh, they kind of were good at different points, but honestly, I was very impressed with RCR. I think it's a matter of time before both of those cars have a win by the end of the year, and maybe one of them could make a top eight in the chase, depending on how it goes. So uh, I was really impressed with RCR. So, okay, Amos, do you have a loser now? Yeah, I don't know why this didn't stand out me stand out at me previously but i mean obviously ryan blaney's got to be a loser in the situation oh. the poor guy he's just a rough pick leads 157 laps has good long run car like i said earlier the caution falls right into his lap where it's going to give him his cars coming right into it between 40 and 50 so one got away from him there a little and bit. to a degree a not bit. necessarily his fault is a t you win and lose as a team but when you as a driver, it's out of your hands. Why you have an 11th place finish with such a dominant car, it's got to be frustrating. And then, I mean, we can even kind of pick on his organization a little bit with Penske. I mean, I know Joey I know he, Joey was sixth. Blaney was 11th. Kozlowski was caught up in the big wreck. But they're just, they have, like we talked, they always got one car that seems to be dominant, and then the other yeah. two struggle through the race. So, I mean, if they were able to get, two or all the cars running well, they they could put the herd on NASCAR pretty quick. All right. You got a loser, Chris? Well, I already mentioned Stuart Hawes. Oh, right. Sorry. But uh, <laughs> Amos I, didn't go, and it kind of threw me off. I yes, know. you mentioned Stuart Haas. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to say loser, uh, me watching 500 laps with half of the laps being wrecks. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, like in all seriousness, uh, too many wrecks. I mean, it was kind of hard to watch that first part of the last stage um it, you know like we already talked about last week the 500 laps is a lot to watch already but then all those wrecks added on top of it uh it was just too hard to watch that and i was very frustrated about that uh, i know that's not really kind of in everyone's control but there seemed to be some stuff that could have been avoided there um I, but I, other than that i mean i think that a lot of people had good weekends maybe with the exception of Stuart haas and bowman kind of got some rough luck getting involved in that accident but i don't really have a loser for say on the track 
the race goes on forever. Yes. <laughs> but the race goes on longer when they're going slower around a small track. Like they did they do like what, eight or nine laps around Martinsville yeah, no, actually, in a caution? It, it oh, doesn't because so if much. you look at the lap times, they're actually cranking out <laughs> you know, a lot of laps in a very short amount right. of time. It's just it's still but hard it's to just watch. So yeah, I mean, when they're wrecking like that so consecutively, it, it does. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, NASCAR's probably disappointed, like I said, that they didn't get the race on Saturday. So yeah. that kind of, you know, you're... And, it's another aspect. And I want to yeah. make one other point. <laughs> this lane choice thing, I was sitting it's there weird. watching the lane choice thing, and I'm thinking, this is like a damn pinball machine. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> you know, I'm like... I'm, What's going on here? I mean, I get why they're doing it. I understand mm-hmm. the concept the whole bit, but I'm just thinking, no, this is no. Yeah, the choose rule. I I don't know. I've kind of been perplexed about it. I understand the point, but yeah, I don't know. All right, so we are gonna have to move on, guys. I I, I love these conversations, but we are running a little longer than we should be. So uh, let's get to a season standing update. Chris, oh, give us the season, season standing. Standings. Oh. oh. It's my turn, right? Okay, Michael McDowell is in 16th with one win. No, no, give us the win. Give us the wins uh, standings. The win standings? Yeah, sorted by wins. Okay. So not necessarily by who has the most wins or it's playoff standings after Martinsville. All right. So in 16th place is Kurt Busch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Then Chris Busher, Ricky Stenhouse, Austin Dillon. Nice. Kyle Busch, mm-hmm. Brad Keselowski, Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, and these drivers all have one win or more. Michael McDowell, Christopher Bell, William Byron, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, Joey Logano, and at number one with two wins is Martin Truex Jr. Nice. There you go. Okay, so we're going to start going off the, the projected playoff standings from now on instead of the total points uh, because I think it'll, it's a little more accurate for what we're going to be looking at towards the end of the year, if that it's, makes sense to everyone. That's an interesting top 16. It is. Confusing to me. Uh, you, got, Busher, you got Busher, Stenhouse up there. Michael McDowell. It's very, very good. Bell. It's very enjoyable, though. Yeah, I like it. I think I it's do. good. Uh, all right, so thank you for that, Chris. Uh, I hope you have it down next time because I'm, I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> Okay, let's go. You uh, was messing with these mojo. <laughs> I know I was. Had them all out of sorts. Took us like 10 minutes off air to get this sorted out. <laughs> That's because I was going on the point standings. I know. Uh, okay, I guess I didn't explain it very well. Uh, playoff projected standings from now on. Okay, playoff uh, projected standings from now on. Okay, Amos, give us the track layout of Richmond. Obviously, that's where we're going next. So let's talk about the preview for Richmond. We've wrapped up Martinsville. Uh, I guess unless you guys have anything else to say about Martinsville. Sorry, I didn't ask. No. 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 Let's hope that the race in the chase at Martinsville is better than this race. All right. I mean, it was good, but it was still kind of rough. Fair enough. So let's okay. talk about Richmond now. Should be a, a pretty uh, different track from Martinsville, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll preface this by saying that R- Richmond is probably like top three of my favorite tracks. Oh, really? I'm not sure why. It just... It's a shrunk down version of a mile and a half. Like it's literally half of a mile and a half. But for some reason, I feel like it produces so great race. Three quarters of a mile. Right. <laughs> man, we couldn't figure out the point standings, the but math. man, we got the math down. Um, but the yeah, math. for some reason, it's just literally, it's, I'm going to say it's in my top three. It's uh, 
it usually has some pretty good racing in it. So it's a, as Chris pointed out, it's a three co- three quarter of a mile track, sixty feet wide, has a ten foot apron, some good racing down along the apron, fourteen degrees of banking in all four corners. Back stretch has two degrees, front stretch has eight degrees. Um, the caba- capacity for seating has shrunk over the years, but we're down to 60,000 seats. I'm not sure if there's going to be any fans in the race this week being in Virginia. There were a few in Martinsville, so I'd assume the same for Richmond. But uh, if if you're looking for a decent track to watch that's pretty true to NASCAR's roots as far as uh, the beginning of Na- like what NASCAR's raced on through the years, this is a pretty good track to watch. All right. I'm actually surprised that you said that it was so high on your list. Um, I, I didn't expect that. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it is. It's just, it's a track. It's usually a, I'm not sure, is this one a night track, a Saturday night? Um, I don't think it should be. Uh, it's on the the 18th, so it should be a, a Sunday race. So it's a Sunday. So, and in yeah. years past, it was the 26th race of the season, so that was kind of your last regular season race. But nonetheless, even before they start doing the chase, I always enjoyed watching Richmond. Just a, I don't know, fun track for me. Okay, um, Chris, you're going with the history though uh, now for us. Uh, but do you think Richmond is is exciting for you to watch? I, I don't think it was in your list that you kind of gave us real quick last no, year. It wasn't in my list, but I do like Richmond. Okay, it'd probably be in my top ten list. Top ten. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm starting to wonder what Chris doesn't like because every race is like a top 10 race i like racing (laughs) all right uh you were saying you know what when we get to the road courses they're gonna be my favorite race (laughs) okay because i'm gonna come back to what i've said before there is nothing more impressive to me (laughs) than these guys throwing a 3800 pound race car around right and left turns all right we understand sorry um you said that there was a lot of history with richmond uh and that you would try and and give us a I'm good summary. Going to for try the most to part. encapsulate it because this is its seventy fifth anniversary. Wow, year. amazing! Okay, so it's been around a while. So give us Richmond, please. Okay, so Richmond Raceway originally started out as a half mile race, and in nineteen eighty eight, after the race was over, in nineteen eighty eight, Neil Bonnet was the winner. Neil Bonnet, yeah, yeah, half mile configuration, and after the race was over bulldozers, the first one being driven by Richard Petty, began digging up the track. Immediately following the race, Richmond was ready to host its first race on the new configuration, which that's when it became a three-quarter mile track, and its new configuration on September 11th, 1988. So it went from a half-mile track to a three-quarter mile track back in the 80s. That's very unique. Three years later, they ran their first race under the lights on September 7th, '91. Harry Gant won that race. Um, on September 11, 1999, future three-time cup champion and NASCAR Hall of Famer Tony Stewart captured the first of his 49 cup victories. Richmond's modern history is known for its competitive chaos on and off the track. On May 3, 2008, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Kyle Busch had a late race contact leading to Clint Boyer winning his first race at the track, and I think you can remember that very well, Amos. Because you yelled at me for two weeks after that race was over because my guy spun out your guy. <laughs> nice. Denny Hamlin, this is actually his home track. I, I was in error 
when I said it was Martinsville, it's actually Richmond. Okay. Well, I mean, they're both in Virginia, though. I mean, maybe you could say both are. In yeah, a way. well, okay. Anyway. In a way. So Denny Hamlet got his first uh, Cup Series. He got his first Cup Series win on September 12, 2009, but I think that's got to be wrong. Anyway. That could be right. Anyway, he got his first race there. He's gone on to win two other times in 2010 and 2016. I think he famously spun himself out in one of those Richmond races to get a yellow flag because he had a tire going down. I don't remember which one. <laughs> nice. Creative. <laughs> but, but I, I, And that's when the rule now is... is you, Denny Hamlin? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's where the rule perpetuated from, that you can't spin out to create your, a yellow flag oh, to benefit nice. yourself. Okay. This came back... To a Sunday race in uh, April 24th of 2016. And this is when Carl Edwards spun Kyle Bush out <laughs> to take the race in turn four. I don't remember that one that well. <laughs> so anyway, there's a long and storied history of R- <laughs> Richmond Raceway. That was good. So, All right, so that's what you got for us. Cool. That's what I got for you. All right, so obviously a track that had a lot of history. Um, what's the type of racing, though, at this track, uh, Chris? I mean... Are we are we spreading out? Are we, you know, close together? Are we going to see cars break away, uh, similar to Martinsville, as far as lots of passing and traffic and stuff? My recollection of Richmond is is it it I won't say that they get too spread out, but if you go in there and you got the car, you're going to kind of dominate that race. Okay. Lap traffic becomes an issue for the leaders mm. fairly early on in the race. Uh, you know, like twenty thirty laps in, they're they're going to start lapping the slow, you know, the back markers. That's how I want to say it. Okay. But it's a multi-groove track, too, as I recall. Yeah. I think you you can can run anywhere on the track. You can race down low, up high, right against the wall, Hmm. beating, banging, eight-tire theory, the whole bit. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Anything else you would add to that style of racing on this track, Amos? No, I think Chris nailed it. I mean, it's multiple grooves, uh, lots of passing, lots of opportunity to pass. I think people, I don't, yeah, if you get a race set up, you're going to do, you'll do well. But I think it's a track that kind of suits everybody's style. So I think you're going to see some good cars, some good racing, hopefully not as many cautions. But, yeah, it'll be a good race. Okay. Um, Anything else to add about Richmond, guys? I mean, we're going to make our picks. We're going to hopefully get on to our game here. Uh, I think we're going to have to kind of cut some stuff from the show that we were talking about at the start uh, with the next-gen car and everything. I I think we should do the news and forget about the game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sorry. But, uh, no, uh, we can talk about this next week. There is just news surrounding Junior Motorsports potentially getting into the Cup Series uh, with the introduction of the next-gen car. Uh, 23XI going to expand. So we can talk about that next week. It's just actually been a lot of news off the track this week that we aren't really accustomed to. So, you know, we're usually going longer on some points. Um, but what else about Richmond, if anything, guys? Well, again, I'm hoping that the race comes off as scheduled. Okay. Well, we, I, yes, we hope that because what it's, well, I mean, you know. it's been two races in a row that it's been pushed back yeah. to the next day. So, yes, we do hope that. I have a hard time remembering to watch the race on Monday when it gets delayed clear till Monday. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> and in fact, when it was Sunday morning, I was like completely oblivious to the fact that the Xfinity race didn't come off either, so they were racing it Sunday morning, so I completely missed the Xfinity race. Yes, I did too. Uh, I I didn't realize that the Xfinity race was 
was I actually thought they were doing. Yeah, I thought the times were going to be different. So, yeah. um, okay, so let's make our picks, guys. Our other so we're picking the race winner. Uh, the race winner doesn't necessarily have to win the race for you to get the point. It just has to. He just has to finish the highest of uh, the three picks. And then our other pick, guys, that you're going to have to think about because I always spring this on you right before we make our picks is over under of 25 cars being on the lead lap at the end of the race. I think uh, I think I might have made that one a little too easy. 25. I maybe should have went with a different number. But 25 on the lead lap at the end of the race. I believe we had around 19 to 21 last week. So this track is a little different. We'll have to see. Um, we are starting with Chris because even though you and Amos are tied on points, he's the most recent point scorer. So you do us the honors of getting the first pick today, Chris. What do you got? I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. Danny Hamlin. Okay. Yep. Is that painful for you? No. Okay. <laughs> I think he's due. He's due. Yeah, I mean. And this is his home is. track. So, yeah, I, I think he's due. Okay. Uh, this is open. Uh, this is leaving a lot of guys on the table. Obviously, you know, when we pick three, there are a lot of other guys we could go with. But we only got three picks here. So, Amos, who is your pick? I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. Okay. Okay. Uh, reasons? Well, I'll, I'll echo Chris. I think he's due for another win. Um, like I've said, this is basically a miniature version of a mile-and-a-half track, multiple grooves, so I think that'll benefit his racing style. He's run surprisingly well on short tracks with Hendrick Motorsports, and so, I mean, although I do like your thought of the multiple race winners through the racing season, I just feel like we're going to start hitting some stretches where we're going to get repeat winners and uh, i think kyle larson good run martinsville has been consistently in the top five top ten leading laps so i that's okay that's why all right uh, i was actually thinking about kyle larson uh but you've both left the the obvious pick on the table i think for me uh and i'm going with uh martin truex jr so I was very... You think uh, he'll be a three-time winner after this race? Sure, yeah. Um, I think, well, just with the... He's won a bunch of races at Martinsville recently, and then he won that race, and then he's won a bunch of re races recently at Richmond. Just kind of going off some trends here, if the trends are holding, like we kind of have seen over this last week, I guess. Uh, I think that he can do it again. I mean, it kind of goes against what we were saying at the more the start of this show when we we're talking about how we don't think he can really get hot but uh i like the trends right now so you know that's i really wanted to go with kevin harvick but i am really falling off of the Stuart haas train and i'm getting worried for kevin harvick uh <laughs> you know three wins is kind of where i'm at now maybe for that whole team so uh yeah martin tricks so martin tricks is an interesting pick and this kind of goes back to what i was talking about with him already having two race wins Richmond is the second race in the chase. It's the second race of the first round of 16. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering if they're going to dabble a little bit and make sure their race car is more set up for that race versus this one. Okay. Be interesting. Yeah, I could see that. We'll see whose theory prevails here. Um, there's there's obviously other names that we left off that could have been considered here. Uh, Brad Keselowski, Kyle Busch. Um, I was half expecting Chris to take Kyle Busch there. Uh, Kurt Busch has a win here. But, uh, yeah, I think there's there's obviously big names with Kyle, Kevin, and Mark, and uh, Brad that we, we didn't pick. So. You know, Amos, I, I, have, I, I like your theory because, and I was going to mention it when we were talking about Truex winning at uh, Martinsville, 
with two wins under his belt right now, it gives that team an ability to experiment a heck of a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And well, and then just imagine if they do get another win before anyone else gets two wins. I mean, <laughs> you're really in the you driver's seat. Do what seat. you want. Yeah. 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 I mean, exactly. Yeah. I mean, three wins. That's going to guarantee you probably a top three spot when it comes down to the chase. Possibly. I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, it it did the last this, year. I think the way this season's going, yeah, I think you you got a point. All right. Uh, our other pit guys, over under of 25 cars on the lead lap. This is an interesting one because it's a little shorter, so we might see some cars going laps down. Um, but uh, obviously we can all score here, so this is kind of a more of a free-flowing question. Uh, usually the bonus point is it's only one of us. It's too late so. to lower your number. No, I th- actually, I'm okay with 25. I mean, okay. I think we're all probably going to pick the same thing here. But, uh, Chris, you're first. Under. Under. Okay. What, what, what would you think then? Uh, I'm going to go with 18. 18, okay. I will go with under, but under. I'm going to say it's going to be around 21. 21. Okay, so pretty much the same from Martinsville. Yeah, I think Martinsville had 19. 19, okay. Yep. Uh, I'm also taking under. So if I would have picked 23, which I was also thinking about, we all still would have said around we under. Probably all said under. Yeah, I think okay. Uh, 25. Uh, okay, well, I think I'll take the under of 23, like my second thought was. So uh, we'll throw in a bonus point if any of us get it right on. How about that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll uh, just take your point. I mean, I Amos, you could, either of you could well, take the lead. And here. my point for picking 18, you know, under and 18 is the number. The way these guys have been racing at mid race. No, we're going to wreck each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's the strong. Yeah. I don't I don't hold out any hope that you're going to see more than 18 on the lead lap. All right, fair enough. Okay, guys. Strong uh, point. <laughs> recap our picks real quick. Chris has Danny Hamlin. Uh, giving a lot of love to Denny Hamlin in the picks these last couple weeks. Kyle Larson, who it seems is always picked by us uh, at least once a week. Sorry, I just dropped my phone there. And uh, Martin Truex Jr. for me. So, uh, And we all took under on 25 cars over under being on the lead lap at the end of the race. So very nice, guys. I like it. Are we, are we very confident? I'm glad that we're making you happy. Oh, I'm okay. extremely confident. I'm going to nail three points. You're all going to be looking at me. and Wow. The windshield, I'll be looking at you in the rear. Wow, <laughs> this is cocky, too cocky. Okay, uh, so let's let's get into our game here, guys. Obviously, you know how it works. If you don't at this point, you'll catch on as we go. Um, the current points sit at 17 for Chris, 14 for Amos. This is a season-running thing. Uh, give me the race winner from the track we're at this week on any given year that I ask. You get a point. You get multiple clues, and uh, yeah, let's go. So, Amos, since we always start with the losers on this show, you are first in the... Uh, <laughs> and the 135 seem to be the worst clues. I don't know why it is Well, I write it down, 135, but I kind of jump around. So, you know. All right, we're going to go in 1997 to start off with. So I think this might be kind of okay p- uh, spot to start for you. Obviously, you come in maybe more around 1999. So, uh, Richmond winner from 1997. Do you want a clue? Yes, please. Okay. This was my only win of the season. 1997. One win. Dale Jarrett. Dale Jarrett. Not a bad guess, but no. Uh, honestly, a little surprising that this guy only won one race in 97, I think. So, keep that in mind. Uh, this was my second of two career wins at this track, and I won this race in 1997. I'm going to go with Darrell Waltrip. Darrell not a bad guess, but no. Okay, uh, we are getting down to some good clues here. So uh, I am racing for Penske. 
Oh. So, Rusty Wallace? Rusty Wallace, that is correct. Oh, All right. That gave it away. Oh, did it give it away? It did me. It did to me. <laughs> All right. So, yes, the Miller the Miller Light number two with Rusty Wallace won it in 1997. Only win oh. of the season. That's crazy. So I'd have been disappointed if you hadn't got that with that clue. <laughs> I got it. Nailed it. All right. So, Amos is up one to nothing as we play on here. Uh, first to three obviously wins. 2004 is where we go next, Chris. Would you like a clue for 2004 Richmond winner? Sure, hit me. All right, first clue. Uh, one of six wins this season. It's a pretty successful season for this driver in 2004. Uh, I'm going to go with Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart. That's not a bad guess. That's, that's a pretty good guess. But no, we're, we're not looking for Tony Stewart. Amos, we're over to you. Uh, I had three career wins at this track, this one being the second of the three. So I won here before 2004, won in 2004, and won one time after 2004. Dell Jr. Dell Jr. is an excellent guess, and there it is. All wow. right. Yes. So uh, other clues. Jeez, he's stomping me tonight. Yes, other clues. Uh, race for DEI, uh, crowd favorite multiple times, and one of our host's favorite drivers. He had six wins in 2004. Yeah, it was a good yeah. season. Dang. It was his best season. I th- yeah. yeah, the best season that he had probably, right? I agree. Uh, yep. All right, uh, Amos, you've taken the two to nothing lead. You've closed in one point on the season standings. Woo-hoo! Chris, what is going on? He didn't want to play the game, so he's. I didn't want to play the game. Uh... And protesting by losing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, this one is. <laughs> this one's going to be tough um, because we've already talked about this one. So. Uh, weird roll of the dice here for you, Amos, but we're going with the race winner from 1988. It's just pure coincidence that Chris already talked about this race winner. The last Stop. race... Stop! <laughs> He'll the remember. La- the last race on this track before the track was renovated. So uh, do you remember, Chris? You you get the first guess here. Oh, I get the first guess? Yes. Oh, well, that was Neil Bonnet. Neil Bonnet, yeah, okay, <laughs> perfect. I thought he got the first guess. <laughs> so Neil Bonnet in the number 75 Pontiac... Very unique number to win a race. He finished 16th this year. His sponsor was Valvoline. Very mm-hmm. nice. And uh, I passed away this year. Uh, no, I passed away in 1994 while well, practicing for Daytona. So very wow. sad there. All right. So we have a two to one lead. Uh, Amos Basil, is just. Basil's call fracture. Yes. Just like took Dale Jer- or Dale lots of Lots of drivers actually died of wow. that uh, exact injury. So very. Very sad there. Uh, so Neil Bonnet, yes, that's correct. That's just how it works out sometimes, Amos. Sorry. Um, that's, that's fine. I you weren't look, paying attention I'm, when I was talking, were you? Yeah, I wouldn't have got that anyway. I didn't know how to put it nicely. So. <laughs> um, hey, you've been doing it for twenty years, tuning me out. So what the heck? We are going to nineteen sixty three. We're going way back in the oh, wow. record book here. Uh, so 1963, I mean, that would have been Professor the, Peabody here. <laughs> that would have been the 10th year. So, you know, this, this might be going back a little too far for both of you. I mean, that's saying something for Chris, too. So, uh, okay. <laughs> 1963 winner. Amos, you get the first guess. Um, Richard Petty. Oh, sorry. I didn't give you an option for a clue, but Richard Petty, no. Sorry. Okay. It's That's not fine. a bad guess from all the way back then, right, Chris? Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. First clue, uh, finished seventh in the standings this season. <laughs> this is going to be another one of these. Uh, what was the yes. guy last year, last week? And he Sam Peckinpah or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go with my tried and true favorite from 1963, and that will be Fred Lorenzen. 
Fled Lorenzen. See, I thought you were gonna say like Fireball Roberts. Uh, no, no, not Fled Lorenzen. So what? What kind of? Okay, we'll talk about this after. Um, okay, <laughs> uh, nineteen sixty-three. I was the first Pontiac until nineteen eighty-eight when Neil Bonnet won it uh, to win this race while racing in a Pontiac. Buck Baker. Buck Baker. <laughs> I remember no. that name as I was studying. All right, no, not Buck Baker. Chris, did that clue help you at all? 1963, finished seventh in the overall standings in uh-huh. a Pontiac. In a Pontiac, I had a red body car with a black top roof. Oh. Fireball Roberts. No, <laughs> I already said Fireball Roberts. <laughs> oh, who said that? I said that. Yeah, but you don't get a guess. <laughs> Uh, I see what you're, I see what you're trying to do. Okay, all right, guys. Last clue. I was racing in the number eight for Bud Moore Engineering Racing in 1963. Bud Moore raced Fords. Well, I think it was in Pontiac for this race. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, just go move on to give us the answer. Kel Yarbrough. Kel Yarbrough. Okay, not Kel Yarbrough. You got one more guess. I got over there, one Chris. more guess. Nope. Pontiac, number eight, red with a black roof, driving for Budmore Racing. Well, Parnelli Jones. Parnelli Jones, no. Race okay. for Budmore. Correct answer, Joe Weatherly. Oh, yeah. 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 I know who Joe <laughs> like Weatherly Fred was. Lorenzo. So do we need to put, like, a, a time cap on this? Like, uh, we can't go back past, like, the 70s because no, 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 no one knows no, anyone? No, it's okay because some of these <laughs> way back ones I can remember. I, I don't remember them, but I... See, read about this them. is a funny thing. I just choose a random year, like from the Google thing that says random year chooser, and it gives me 63, and I'm like, I don't even know who was racing in 63. But uh. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to go more current now. Amos, you have the two-to-one lead. You have, uh, well, you're not going to get back in to Let's the tie. Let's get something straight. If it's anything that happened past about Sunday, mm-hmm. I can't clearly remember. No, I mean, it, that's, so. this is true. Okay, so we're going to 2012. I believe, uh, Amos, you still have the first guess here. So, 2012, uh, winner at Richmond, and the first clue, my only win of the season, and I missed the chase. So this was before the new chase system. Matt Kenseth. Matt Kenseth. Good guess? No. All right. Uh, Repeat that first clue. My only win of the season, 2012, missed the chase, and this was my fourth of five career wins at this track. Alan Kowicki. Alan Kowicki. 2012. Oh, that was okay. Do you want one more guess? Because I, I don't know what. Uh, Carl Edwards. Okay, Carl Edwards. No, no, not Carl Edwards. <laughs> Kowicki was gone before 2012, wasn't he? That was great. That was great. Okay. Okay. Um, next clue. I won this race in 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012. So, four, I swept this race for four years in a row. Uh, last one being 2012, then got a win after that. Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch, not a bad guess either. Okay. Uh, next clue. <laughs> I am still a current driver. Denny so Hamlin. Denny Hamlin. Another good guess. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. This isn't working out for you today. Uh, Joe Gibbs well, Racer. I'm going to go back and reread my history because I swear he won in 09 and 10 and 11. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what to okay. tell you. Whatever. Anyways. Joe Gibbs racer? A Joe I mean, Gibbs racer, yeah. It's probably obvious. I'm going to say Tony Stewart. Oh, man, Tony Stewart, no. All right, you missed your chance there, Amos. Sure. Sponsor, M&M's. Kyle Busch? 
Hey, you don't get a guess. Kyle Bush? Kyle Bush. Very oh. good. All right, yes. I thought he already had his fifth answer guess. So 2009, first winner of 2009 was Kyle Bush. Second winner, first winner in 2010, Kyle Bush. First winner in 2011, Kyle Bush. And then again in 2012. And then he won his last race uh, at, well, actually, he's won two more since then, in uh, 2018 and 18. So he won both the races in 2018, but only one of them was a regular season race. So you are correct, though. Denny Hamlin won in 2009 and 2010, but it was the chase races. Yeah. So. I kept forgetting. Okay, there you go. Two races. Feels a little better about it now. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> he doesn't have to go back and double-check your stats. We do tie it up there, Chris. So two to two for the, the standings this round. 19 to 16, stand the points. You maintain your lead, Chris. I'm going to get better next week. Okay. What are we doing next week? Next week? Next week, we're going to Talladega. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Uh, we're going to have some real interesting picks, I'm, I'm sure. Um, real quick, guys, before we get out of here, um, thoughts on the potential that Junior Motorsports is going to get into a Cup Series ride? Uh, I guess just short answers here. Is it going to happen? I think if the numbers make sense, yes. Okay. So it could. It could. Like single car team, like, you know. It might be two. Okay. What do you got, Amos? Yeah, it's a matter of time before Junior's fielding Cup cars. I mean, that's just all there is to it. All right, all right. Uh, we'll talk about more of this next week, guys. We just don't have enough time on this week's show. So, I mean, an addendum to that is is they got they got to sponsor money. If they decide to go cup racing, you think they would? Yeah, there's people that are going to back them. All right, so we'll talk about that next week, guys. Uh, sorry, we just don't have the time this week. So, uh, you know, risking going too long and losing you guys' uh, attention spans here because we know you don't have long attention spans anyways. Uh, Are you talking about us or yes, the audience? you and the audience and my editing time. It's just, this is too much. So, yeah, we'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about Michael Jordan expanding 23XI and what's going on there. Uh, Next-gen car debuting May 5th. So lots to talk about, guys. We'll obviously recap Richmond. We'll preview Talladega. I know that Chris is he's excited for Talladega. No, okay. All right, guys. That's all we got. Mm. <laughs> that's all we got. Thanks for tuning in. Although, uh, after that race at Martinsville last week, I don't think that there's going to be a downside to Talladega. Hey, Martinsville might have been like the, the wreck of the year so far. So yeah, Probably. All right. Uh, watch out for more shows coming up Amos. later this week, guys. Uh, yeah, that's all Thank we got. You. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good rest of your day. Peace out. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Electric Sports Talk. Join us in future episodes as we discuss all things U.S. soccer, collegiate sports, mixed martial arts, motorsports, the NFL, MLB, and the Olympics. If you enjoy our content, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, or shoot us an email to electricsportstalk at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe. Thanks for listening.